Welcome to the Deep Bible Studies Podcast, where we discover, explore, examine, and practice the Word of God. I am your host, Claudia Rivera Guevarez, and today we will be going through the second part of John 4, 1-15. And so, at uh, the beginning of this week, we went over context and we explored. And so now we're going to be going more to examining and practicing the Word of God, the deeper theological aspect of the passage. And so let's just get started. Jesus and the woman of Samaria. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again from Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So right off the bat right here, we see the term and the words living water. This is actually from the Old Testament with the meaning coming from Jeremiah 2.13, where the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves broken cisterns that can hold no water. So the context and the great significance for this verse is that Israel had committed two very apparent sins against the Lord, abandoning God, who is, as John MacArthur states, the source of spiritual salvation and sustenance. And we see that, for example, in Psalm 36, 9, 10, where it says, For with you is the fountain of life, in your light we see light. Continue your love to those who know you, your righteousness to the upright in heart. And secondly, Israel turned in idolatry to quote-unquote gods, who really are no gods at all. The metaphor Jeremiah makes in the end of the verse 13 symbolizes cisterns or water storage devices found underground, and yet they were broken and the water went to waste, meaning that the storage had no point. They were completely useless. This is the same thing with the philosophies and idolatry and vain religions of man. They are incapable of giving life, and even if you put your complete trust in them, they will not sustain you. Actually, these cisterns would be used as the very tombs of dead people, because that is how useless they were. Same goes with the philosophies, idolatry, and vain religions of mankind. But anyways, We see that the Lord denounces the Israelites that rejected him, the fountain of living waters. John MacArthur further explains, the Old Testament prophets looked forward to a time when the living water will flow out of Jerusalem. So the Old Testament metaphor spoke of the knowledge of God and his grace, which provides cleansing spiritual life and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. 
John applies these themes to Jesus as the living water, which is symbolic to the eternal life mediated by the Holy Spirit from him. The funny thing about the situation is that the woman is seeking physical water to sustain in her dry, weary land. And yet our Lord used this as the objective that she is actually in need of spiritual transformation and reconciliation. John Piper explains it this way, woman, may God open your eyes because you are talking to the son of God who carries in himself the gift of God and offers you right now living water. Verse 11 then says, the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? The woman could not see, just like Nicodemus in John 3, 3 through 4, where Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Is this not us blind to the glory of God in the face of Jesus, God the Son? Indeed it is. Verse 12 then says, Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Not only is Jesus stating that he indeed graciously superior than Jacob, but also John Piper explains it this way in his You Will Never Be Thirsty Again sermon, which says, number one, the water he gives is the gift of God. And we see that in verse 10 where it says, if you knew the gift of God. Number two, it's living water. And again, we see that in verse 10 when he says, he would have given you living water. Number three, if you drink it, you will never thirst again. That is, it's always there to satisfy you when your longing soul is thirsty. We see that in verse 14, where it says, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. Number four, this water becomes a spring, a well of water. And again, verse 14, it says, the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water. That is why you never get thirsty again. Not because one drink is enough, but because one true drink produces a well of eternity of drinks. It kind of reminds me of something that A.W. Tozer actually says um, in his book, Pursuit of God, where he's talking about once you've saw and once you've tasted the goodness, it doesn't stop there. You've, you've found it, but you seek more and we seek more in his word and prayer. God has simplified it that in eternal life, we get to seek him personally. And then number five, this water gives eternal life. Verse 14 again says, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus' answer leaves out of doubt that he was infinitely older than Jacob. The first thing he does is show the woman that the water from the well that Jacob had given him could not definitely quench her thirst. Indeed, Jacob was a man and all he could give him was material things like water, which can never fully satisfy man. The human soul has deep needs that nothing material can satisfy. I mean, we see that today, everyone's seeking. We see that through things like 
manifestation or silly things like speaking into existence those do not satisfy that's why they seek more and more to manifest material things but anyways jesus makes a universal promise here as only he can fully fill the emptiness within us and give us lasting joy and this offer is still valid for all women and women everywhere because it goes deeper it goes into the root of sin and he has paid it all so that we might be reconciled to God who is the source of joy and eternal life. This is also what the book of Revelation reminds us at the end where it says Revelation 22:17, come and let him who thirst come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. So finishing off in verse 15, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. At last, the words of Jesus had managed to awaken curiosity in the woman who at the moment came to him for asking this new kind of water and yet she thought it was physical water. She just wanted it so she wouldn't have to go to the well constantly. However, it seems that she doesn't really understand the last words of Jesus where it says a spring of water welling up to eternal life. She kept thinking about that physical water, but Jesus was referring to the spiritual and eternal truths. She was thinking of her own comfort and not having to go to the well, like I said, every day to fetch water, but Jesus was offering her eternal life. The Samaritan woman is a good example of the difficulties that we naturally have to understand in the word of God, to see the glory of God through Jesus Christ alone. You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com, where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram, at Deep Bible Studies, and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.